0: We're Not Dead. A podcast about a story of survival. Welcome to episode 31 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I am your host, Brittany Brombacher, and with me today is Nick Voodoo.
1: What up, players?
0: Oh, that's a new one. That was cute.
1: I, I, there we go. That's number one. I have a I have 999 other ways to go.
0: So how are you ensuring that you don't repeat the same intro every time?
1: I am writing them all down, so I will never repeat.
0: Okay, we're going to hold you to that.
1: Until I get sick of it and I give up and I'm not going to do it anymore. We'll see. Okay.
0: Ah. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And also joining us from across the pond, if you will, is Brett Parsons.
2: Pip-pip cheerio. <laughs> and all that rot.
0: Can you say that and all that rot? Say pip-pip cheerio and all that rot.
2: Pip-pip cheerio and all that rot.
0: Oh. See, the first thing upon but- hearing your accent was why I asked you is why aren't you Pippin?
2: Um. Yes, because I have a proper English accent.
0: Yes. So, how does it make you feel to listen to Pippin?
2: Uh, It's not the greatest of accents, I have to admit. But I think the problem is, English accents sound even more English when it's with a bunch of Americans. You definitely pick up a lot more.
1: Ah, uh, I gotcha. Okay. That makes okay. sense. That's so, it's 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 already sticking out like a sore thumb, so it's even sorer and bigger of a thumb.
2: Yeah, basically. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: So what time is it, Frey, over there?
2: Uh, two thirty-six.
0: That is dedication.
1: That's early in the morning or late, depending on which way you're going.
2: Well, I haven't slept yet, so I'm gonna say it's very late. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> well, we appreciate it, buddy. So, why don't you tell us about you and your love affair with We're Alive?
2: Well, uh, yeah, I am a PlayStation fan, so. Oh no! Yeah. Here it comes, Greg Miller. Greg Miller,
0: the fabled Greg Miller. The yeah,
1: incomparable I, Greg Miller.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, I had We're Alive set ready for, like, for ages, and I just never touched it. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I really should just start listening to it. And then I just got addicted and was like, yeah, just one chapter, another one, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe three. Yeah, that'd do.
0: <laughs> maybe all 12. So when did you start picking up in the series? Like when did you find yourself having to like wait a week for an episode?
2: Um, that would be well, when was the swimming part? I can't remember entirely.
0: Nick, that is- was interview.
1: that was actually right around the same time that I got there. It's that was that's chapter like sixteen. Mm-hmm. So that was October, oh, November twenty ten.
0: You've oh my god.
1: That's it. Well, if I didn't, if it wasn't the same time that I picked it up, I probably wouldn't know exactly. Oh, that's
0: right. Okay. But <laughs> I I
1: I started at the like pretty much the exact same time, like right around just getting into the colony, meeting Victor and Fernando and mm-hmm. all those guys. So that's right around the time I picked it up because I got it around Halloween 2010.
0: Okay. Otherwise, I was going to slip you epic amount, amounts of shit, but I won't. Um. So, Brett, why don't you tell us like about your favorite part of We're Alive, favorite character one character you would take with you into a dark, secluded alley.
1: To then beat the uh, hell out of both.
0: Yes.
2: Well, just, I think my favorite's just got to be Bert, because I kind of like that kind of old guy type mentality. The kind of, you know, senior guy who knows a lot of stuff. You know, he always tells the kind of kids what to do.
0: <laughs> Is that how you're going to be when you're old, like Bert?
2: Uh, Hopefully, although I probably won't have as a good aim.
0: <laughs> nice. What character do not you do not like?
2: Ooh, I might have to pick Pippin, just because he's a bit (laughs) of a he's the accent's not great, and he's a bit of a red shirt.
0: Mm. Well, at least he's dead now. Does that make you feel better?
2: Well, I didn't get to take him down a dark alley, so you
0: know. Yeah, someone else did that for you. That someone else may be Kalani, but we do not know for sure.
2: Not yet, at least.
0: Not yet. We don't know anything. All right, dude. Well, again, thank you for coming on. And I will start with the episode recap and then we can jump into the huge. Cool. Oh, uh, you're so enthusiastic, Nick. That's why I bring you on this podcast, is for your energy and enthusiasm.
1: Thanks a lot. Oh, dear. I'll just be over here with Droopy Dog.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs> Better start running. Damn it!
1: Duncan! They they got
0: them! They got them! Everyone downstairs! Okay, so Scratch has just delivered her infamous line of, better start running. So Kalani makes a break for it. He runs into Duncan, who is in the process of morphing into Skittles. (laughs) Skittle! Kalani instructs him to run, but Duncan says, too late, too late, and claims he cannot run. Kalani continues running and eventually makes it outside the building when soon he is knocked to the ground. He was pwned. The view switches... (laughs) <laughs> the, the view switches to CJ. While everyone went out or up the escapes, she went down into the basement where she had a stash of weapons. Again, inefficient. I mean, I guess, okay, in this in this yeah, case, yeah. it saved her ass, but... It's
1: it's sort of column A, column B. It's inefficient because no one else knows about the stash, and everyone's leaving. They know mm-hmm. about the other stashes around because, obviously, that's where Samantha and other people found it, and then that's another story altogether that we'll get to. But, <laughs> you know, no one knows about it, so it... I don't know, I... It, The way that CJ ran the the other tower, I think everyone knows by now, I don't agree with, and I think it's kind of crap, but Mm -hmm. eh, whatever.
0: Whatever, yeah. Anyway, and Brett, I don't know if I already told you this, but feel free to interrupt anytime you want, okay? Yeah, sure, I'll try to. Okay. She puts her back against the corner and waits. When everyone went up or out the escapes, I went down into the basement. There was a small stash of weapons I had hidden down there. I put my back to the corner, at the end of the last hallway, and waited. They start flooding in, but she was able to defend herself. Eventually, however, they stopped coming in. She said, I could hear their breathing and they could hear mine. But then she heard a creepy voice. Who wants to say it? Who wants to say the two words?
1: Oh, uh, he can do it. Brett, go for
0: it. Yeah, Brett, you say I... it. Leave her. Ah, yes. Well done. Brilliance. Now, we don't know who this came from, but we're assuming it's pimp Zombie, the one with the markings, the dude in the striped suit, whatever. She ultimately waits for three hours before leaving the basement. She comes across Duncan, who is saying, uh, I was right there. Yes. They didn't look. Look at me. Duncan. All of them gone. They're gone. I was right there. And they didn't look at me. I was right there. CJ says, Duncan, you need need to to calm calm down. down, And he replies with who? Who? Duncan. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) We need to see if there's anyone else.
1: Skunkin'. What if he's, for now, because he's not quite skittled yet, because we haven't met the tower? Skunkin!
0: Skunkin? Oh, that sounds like a a skunk or like an STD or something. I know, Uh
1: that was the point. It was supposed to be dirty and horrible.
0: Okay, I'll roll with it. (laughs) Alright, CJ leaves Skunkin to see if there's anyone left. Skunkin gets up to leave and claims he's going to find them. She never sees Skunkin again. I'm I'm going to find them! I'm going to to find them!
1: I can't believe you're actually rolling with it, that's hilarious.
0: I am rolling with it.
1: That's awesome. I love you, Brit. That's awesome. Oh, Thank nothing you.
0: Nothing but love here. So CJ went, went floor by floor, by floor, and, floor and killed, and and killed the remaining two zombies and sealed the way they got in. I found left inside. After that, I went downstairs and sealed off the way they got in, brick by brick. No one else was left alive. So now we switch back to Kalani. He wakes up in the arena, and we meet our new friend, Martin. Martin says Kalani was out for a long time, and offers Kalani pills, saying that they will help. God, my head. Yeah, they were pretty rough with me, too. What? Who? Those things. Here, take some of these. What the hell are these? They'll help. Kalani takes them like a dumb teenage girl. Trust me. Like, really? Like, here's some pills. Take these. Like
1: It'll make it better. Oh, it'll... I must. I have such a headache. This is going to make me feel better. I can't feel my tongue.
0: <laughs> I know. Seriously. Martin brings Kalani up to speed, tells him that they brought him there, and that there is not a way out. As Kalani peers out the window, he notices fires in the arena. He asks who set them, and Martin says that they did, that one of them lit them, and the others just moved them around. Martin says a few others were with him before Kalani got there. He says some were taken to the middle of the arena where they had fun with them, and he doesn't know what happened to the others. Kalani asks Martin why he didn't help the people before him, and Martin says it doesn't matter. matter. He says that one of them even broke (laughs) his (laughs) wrist (laughs) without flinching, and he said that while laughing, I will add. Without even flinching? What did you give me? You should sit down it will make things easier when things get worse
1: uh, well we obviously know that he's got happy pills so he's obviously just touched happy right at the moment he
0: broke my wrist <laughs> isn't that amazing
1: dude that was so awesome like he just whoo, gone. I know
0: I will say, though, I think the actor did a really good job with Martin. Like, I could just totally Oh, yeah, see,
1: absolutely. Oh, it was um, it
0: was fantastic. I could just totally see, like, a cracked out, like, hippie-looking dude, like, with long, stringly hair. Like, I'm eh, just like.
1: Yeah, ha- it, it, I, I, uh, do you remember Clueless, the stoner guy that got with. um?
0: Absolutely. I can quote that movie, Nick, uh,
1: well, line for line. Why did why did I even question why you would know that movie? Um, <laughs> and then um, the stoner guy in, like, Freddy versus Jason, mm-hmm. I, I view them as, like, a, this perfect amalgamation of people. Those two, those two characters just meshed in my head and was like, "That's exactly who I'm picturing: is this long, scraggly, blonde-haired kid that's like smoking weed with, uh, mm-hmm. with with Freddy Krueger right before <laughs> the caterpillar like kills him." <laughs>
0: yes. And if you haven't
1: seen Freddy vs. Jason, I'm really sorry that you yes. don't understand anything that just came out of my mouth.
0: But it sounded really good, so yes. yeah. Be okay.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm a bit lost, so yeah, I'll just agree with you. <laughs> so
0: you probably have an awesome mental image in your mind right now of what's going on.
2: No, I'm just going along with it, just agreeing.
0: Just just keep going. You're a good guess.
1: (laughs) Basically, just think of the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, except it's striped like Freddy Krueger, and it kills people.
2: Okay.
0: That sounds like something in Left 4 Dead or something. Anyway. Alright. So Kalani is starting to feel woozy from the pills and sits down. Martin says, again, that they'll make things easier when things get worse. Kalani asks Martin if he's some sort of junkie and inquires about his origin. Martin simply responds with, that's some thanks for helping you. He then gives Kalani the rest of the pills in case he, Martin, is next to go. Kalani asks what the pills do, since Martin then instructed Kalani to take all of them. And Martin says, it'll ruin their fun. Kalani starts going slightly batshit, trying to find a way out. About that time, we hear Samantha being drug in. It sounds like Kalani tried to briefly beat them, but he got his ass kicked. That's kind of what I heard, too. Yeah, so guys- just
1: one solid punch somewhere on his body.
0: Yeah. He then con- consoles Samantha, and they try to find a way out while Martin tells them it's useless.
1: No! no! You fuckers! you do not Son of a bitch! Ow! Ah. I warned you. Uh, no shit. Samantha, Samantha, are you okay?
2: What? Where are we?
1: Give me a hand with the door.
0: It's not worth it. Right here. No one's going to.
1: Keep pushing the door. <clears throat> we need to get out.
0: That's not going to do any good. We have to. <clears throat> Why is it everyone does this? No one <clears throat> listens when they get done. Hey! So gunfire is heard, and Samantha says the people firing were with her. They found each other at the apartment building at one of their weapon stashes. She got grabbed, but they weren't too far behind. Kalani starts really feeling the effects of the pills, or he was hit on the head too hard by the zombies, or something, and he like passes out. We then hear yeah, a behem-
1: what? Def- definitely pills because Martin's the one that said, "Oh, he 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 must have been hit a little too hard on the head." I Had know. nothing to do with the Xanax I gave him.
0: <laughs> the happy pills, whatever the fuck they were. We then hear a behemoth and screams of the sort. No bueno. Martin quips with, "God, that sucks." Kalani then passed out. When he woke up, Martin was gone, and it was just he and Samantha. Kalani took the last of the pills, but they didn't work fully.
1: I laid there for long periods of time, staring up at the ceiling. We both knew what would happen next. I took the last of my pills, thinking it was the only option left to me. At least I wouldn't have to think of what was going to happen to Hannah after they realized that I was gone. But I guess they didn't work. Not all the way.
0: next thing we hear is Datu trying to break out of the arena, and Datu's realization that okay, wh- who is he talking to in this? H- is he talking to Samantha, or, or is he talking to... Datu? Dat- yeah.
1: No, remember, when, um, remember. We fir- when he first got there in purgatory, mm-hmm. he's pounding, 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 and he heard something, and so he was talking to the darkness, because he can't see who is in the room. Kalani's okay. the one that caused him to start talking.
0: Because he groaned or... My- okay.
1: But he t- ends up talking to Samantha, because Kalani's out of it, because he's still doped up on whatever he took
0: okay that's what i thought so, so that's like, why he,
1: that's why datu's talking to the air is because he heard kalani moan
0: yeah because i was like okay i'm pretty sure he had that sort of conversation with samantha but like samantha's not talking back so okay talking to the darkness all right so like i said the next thing we hear is datu trying to break out of the arena and datu's realization that kalani is a thing in the room and that's pretty much it and scene and scene Ended kind of abruptly but that is to be expected i suppose so what you guys think of this episode
2: uh oh okay. Um oh, you go first. Uh, you're you're the yeah. guest here. Yes. I, I thought it was good um not compared to the last two. The last two were kind of really good cuz they really like you know filled in loads of gaps, but yeah, this one kind of just connected it all just to the you know main storyline of what we know.
0: Great. Right.
1: Yeah, th- this was Casey slowing his role because uh we got so much information, so much backstory, so many gaps filled in in the first two chapter parts, and now we're getting back to no, no, nope, no more answers now we're getting back to questions. Calm yourself down, kids. I have more story to tell you so uh it just felt like it was it was pulling itself back almost to the point that I'm actually afraid we're not gonna get the conclusion of the story next chapter. I feel like it's gonna get interrupted, and that's really well it's one that's gonna be. Great storytelling, because it's going to make you want more. Because this...
0: don't, don't they know the next part of the story because of Two's journal? From well, that they, point of view?
1: They, they know the arena part of the story, yes. Um,
0: okay. I was just...
1: uh CJ's, I mean, completely out of it. Right. She, the only information that CJ can give now is information about the Maulers or mm-hmm. the, the one with the markings or whatever. Right. Um, but in terms of the progression of Kalani's backstory and how he is or is not responsible for uh, what happened at the tower at the war and um, the thieving. Well, he had nothing to do with thieving. He wasn't there. Um, but in terms of the Kalani point of view, I'm really afraid that we're not going to get the conclusion of the next chapter. I'm afraid that the journal is going to get interrupted by Puck coming in to say, Michael, we need to talk to you about something. This would and be a then, good
0: place for it to end. So, yeah, I can see that. Exactly.
1: Like, the story can stop now because we know sort of where it goes. Uh, in terms of Kalani's arc, but if it moved, you know, it would—I uh, would suck. Oh, it would be so close to getting the <laughs> it's answers. A bit, it's
0: a Casey Wayland thing to do. That's why I'm a lot so afraid it's going to happen. Tell. And this might play a bigger role than we even know. So it might be one of those things that we discover later. Uh huh. Um, Friginators says. It didn't really enjoy the arena scene so much partly because obviously they're depressing but also i think the rescue thing drug on a bit there seemed to be a f- just a fair bit of shooting for a while and i'm not really exactly sure how they all got killed i assume it was a behemoth whatever it's not that big of a deal I like filling in holes and all, but I guess these are ones I'd rather not hear. So there you go. And Clem131 says, Am I the only one that was cut off guard by the ending of the episode? It feels odd, but I can't quite put my finger at the reason for it. And like Nick said, I agree with you, Nick. I think the reason for it ending like that is because now it's going to get interrupted.
1: Yeah. I The more I think about it, the more I really feel like this is about to end and we're going to have to come back to it at a later time. Uh, and it's going to tick everyone off. But, you know, as soon as Puck comes in, you know, this is sort of. Private information. I don't think anyone really wants to. Anyone in the tower would really want to share with anyone else. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't. I. I feel like they uh, might just try and stash it and move on to something else. Fort Erwin E. We'll see.
0: Yeah,
2: I kind of feel like it's just like we kind of mostly know that for the most part. We kind of just assume Kalani's the one who, you know, told it. I'd, I'd prefer it if it would just go to the uh, um. You know, continue on with the uh, well in present days. Kind of storyline.
0: Uh huh. So you're kind of ready for the Kalani backstory, to kind of like take a hold and continue with the Fort Irwin, see what Saul and Victor are up to, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I just think we, you know, we know we kind of know. I guess we I know think. what
0: Saul and Victor are up to. They're talking to CJ, but I mean, like, continue like their modern day ish.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just go back present day, see what's going on, what's going to happen, and then maybe go back to it. Right. Maybe the um. Actually, I was just thinking maybe you know when they see the Maulers. They, you know, may fill in some of the details as well, you know, in a mm-hmm. later story.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I'm trying to, like, now I have all these timelines in my head, like, okay, so this is what was going on back then. I'm like, so what's going on modern day? And they're all getting kind of, like, jumbled around. Mm-hmm. hmm Definitely. All right, so let's tackle. Why do you think the one with the markings left CJ? Here's a theory by Tar Heel fan. They say, reading through all the talk about C.J. and the members of the other tower being involved in law enforcement and taking the theories about the ones with the markings coming from Bill Roberts, who was likely at the prison, might it be possible that the one with the markings recognizes C.J. and Duncan? Or Scuttles. Skunkles? Scuttles, right? What do we call him?
1: Duncan
0: skunkin <laughs> there's so many varieties okay, there is, I, I actually didn't think
1: of the amount of varieties I just stuck with skunk apparently I don't
0: know skunkin He's... I'll forget again alright
2: yeah,
0: um, this is way out there but perhaps they were humane towards him in the prison or stood up for him at some point because of his high level of functioning the one of the marketing, markings might have stronger memory of his pre-zombified life and chooses to spare them something in the way of leave her came out struck me as a statement of mercy not of strategy
2: um, what do you about, guys think?
0: What do you think, Brett?
2: Ah, well, maybe it's because she is a leader. They might think that you might think that she'll maybe pull in other people back together. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, more
0: people to kill. Yeah, because oh, she's yeah
2: a leader. She'll give them more people and then come back and kill them all.
0: <laughs> I like it. She's she's gathering all of them. Okay. What are you gonna say, Nick?
1: I'm not entirely sure that it's sympathy so much as it is why work so hard. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is running. She's the only one that we're aware of that yeah. found a weapon. Everyone else ran out of the building or ran upwards, and they were nowhere near the guns. So they were all easy pickings, and she found a gun, and she was fighting, and she was doing really well at fighting because she dropped two or three of them. So why bother? Just leave her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of. I think this theory has some cool insight. I mean, because you know they they did, but we don't know why they're leaving Skunkin at this point. Like, why? Why didn't they hurt Skunkin? That's another oh, whole thing. Oh God,
1: I I did not even commit brain power to that because that's just I don't even know. Well, we have if some... he's sitting if he's sitting there rocking in the corner going ah, 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 or whatever. <laughs> I, I
0: don't want any of that.
1: <laughs> man, <laughs> he's crying me. all over himself. I don't. It's too salty now. I don't want it. Oh,
0: nasty. Well, we have some theories from the forum. Adventurous Hero says, I wonder why the Pinstripes and Horde left Duncan. Were they getting pleasure out of seeing him lose his mind as they ate his friends? Just shows you how disturbed these creatures running in Pinstripes' company are. Litmaster says, He mentioned that he was right there and they didn't look at me, but he had later encounters with the zombies after him, like the time when he had to hide in the dumpster. Theory Skittles does not give off a scent to the zombies the same way most people do. This could explain why he wasn't attacked, they didn't immediately recognize him as a target, and why he could hide in a dumpster successfully, even though that other guy was found in a closet out of sight. Cupcake Zombie says It could be Skittles rather than Duncan. He gives off a different crazy person scent that zombies don't associate with food. Many different hormones and reactions in your body can change the way you smell, so maybe Skittles no longer smells like food. This could link in with why animals are not a target for the chompers. They obviously do not smell like people.
1: The only thing I would say about uh, Skittles not smelling is that that means that he would not... Basically be human because the uh, humans smell like the pheromones that we all assume is what they're using to hunt. Mm-hmm. The zombies are using to hunt the people. Uh, they they come out of sweat glands. If he's not sweating, that means he's not getting rid of toxins in his body, which means he's poisoning himself, which means he's dead. So. Oh.
0: Well, there you go. I mean. Honestly, like you said, I have no clue why they're not going after Skittles. I
1: I really don't either. I just know everyone everyone sweats and that's where you get your smell from. So if that's how (laughs) they're hunting, he has no sweat glands.
0: Right. And, you know, the only thing that sets Skittles apart is he's kind of whacked. Now, we haven't come across any other clinically whacked characters in the stories, have we? You could
1: argue Gatekeeper is clinically whacked. I
0: mean, like... He, but Cape, Gatekeeper has enough common sense; he's not going to try to live on yeah, his I own know. in the middle of I, I
1: know, I know what you're getting at. I'm just being
0: oh. fish <sighs> Anyway, have
1: we met? This is how I do.
0: I know, I know. I just figured you were pulling your devil's advocate thing on you that you always do. Anyway, yeah. so we don't know. We don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they don't want none of that. Maybe they'll get tainted if they eat crazy people meat. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> the crazy <laughs> zombies will turn
2: crazier.
0: I know. What say so you, Brett? What do you think about Skittles?
2: Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it could be some kind of weird genetic thing that you maybe secretly be immune to the zombie virus or some random thing.
0: Maybe. I've seen a few zombie, you know, novels like that, but I guess we don't know if he's immune because he hasn't been... Oh, you mean, like, immune from them, like, wanting him.
2: Like I uh, I was kind of thinking maybe he's just, I don't know, some weird thing with skills or... Dunkles. Dunkles. (laughs)
0: Skunkles. I don't know. There's so many effing names for him. Skunkin. Skunkin. There we go. The next question is, what are the zombies doing in the arena? So Martin is saying that they have fun with their victims and that the pills take away their fun. So, I mean, we know Martin.
1: we 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 know it certainly did because Kalani was next in line and he wasn't fighting. So they passed him up and went to Samantha.
0: Right. So So thanks,
1: Martin. You ruined a perfectly good love story, you son of a bitch. I know.
0: So that being said, though, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. Could you technically, like, play dead? Or is it just those zombies in particular that are working in the arena that want nothing to do with, like, boring humans?
2: Well, it could be that, yeah, because they were you know moving around a lot more. They're working up a bit more of sweat. They, you know, smell better, essentially, for the zombies. Whereas Kalani's just sat there doing pretty much nothing and not moving barely anything at all, so... He's not really good
1: I mean, it, it it certainly seems like the, zo- the arena zombies are playing a game of some variety. It seems to be what Samantha was implying when she said they play with their food, and Martin says they play with their food, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, play around with you, whatever. Um, so it seems like there's some sort of sport to it, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like those videos you see of, like, a lion that will track down, like, an ant- uh, an antelope or whatever and, like, knock it down and then let the baby come and, like, nibble on its neck so it learns how to do it right. hmm You know what I mean? So it's, like, that's play- it's, thing. like, I know, isn't it a horrible idea? <laughs> hey, maybe that's what the little ones were doing. They were just knocking over oh the of the little ones. <laughs> what that's- the fuck oh. else are they doing other than sharpening their nails all day long? Yeah, there um, you go. T- getting a nice manicure.
2: <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> maybe they were, like...
1: Oh food. honey, you haven't been here for ages. Your nails are terrible, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like there, there's some there's some level of playing with their food, and if the food's not fighting or trying to escape or mm-hmm. you know struggling, it's not fun. And That's there's no true. enjoyment there's no enjoyment to be had out of it. Right? And if they're doing it strictly for enjoyment, then yeah. a passed out drugged up Kalani isn't fun.
0: Right. So, so my yeah, my guess is that Samantha saw what they did to Martin and that's obviously how she knew what they did because when she was taken, she was telling Datu not to look. Even I'm yeah. kinda of wishing he he would because I want to know like what they're doing to them.
1: Um mm-hmm. that you know, that's and I they think have, that like, actually
0: fires and it's sitting like, in a big arena. I just have like this crazy cult esque like vision <laughs> well, in my head.
1: Okay, that's another part. Um uh oh my god, I don't remember who pointed it out first, and I apologize for forgetting this because this was a great discovery by someone, and it was like a full year and a half after it aired Mm -hmm. for the first time, was when, in Purgatory, when Samantha's taken, you hear the sort of thumping, and the, like, almost like drumbeat, like they're all stomping their feet or something. Oh, really? Yeah, you do. Like, if you go back and listen to Chapter 10- Part I guess it's part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear in the background, even in the podcast version, not the remastered version, you can hear it in the podcast. Uh, you hear thumping right around the point that um, Samantha is taken and you hear it start. And when they, the rescue team came to get Samantha and Kalani, mm-hmm. uh, you hear the thumping start again.
0: Oh my god. So
1: it's this weird that's ritualistic... That like, gave me
0: chills. Ugh, that's so it's creepy. This, they have
1: some weird ritualistic cult thing level to the, to the arena Okay. that is really bizarre, and it summoned a behemoth there, which again, behemoth in the presence of other zombies, which Skittles, Dunkin', Skunkin' says is impossible, is another wrench in the works as to how the zombies work, is everyone stays away from behemoths, except at the arena, so right. that's another confusing aspect to the story, oh at my the moment God. at least.
0: Casey, you're a fucked up person. I know. In the best and possible great. way. It is. Yeah. Ah, okay. Hey, I want to know, Brett. What do you think the behemoths look like?
2: Um, probably really towering, and kind of you know massive, kind of belly type creatures that just you know roll rampage through anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how tall they are. Did they say at all how tall they were?
1: No, they have. I don't. They've never given an official description
0: of what a behemoth is. The only thing we got was in that cover art, that kind of. Shows. That sort of fate that but, faded cover work, yeah. artwork. I know. I always yeah. like hearing what people think they look like, because some think Boomers from Left for Dead, others think other weird things. And
1: I'm personally a fan of uh, the thing I always think of is if you saw the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he looks like uh, Mr. Hyde. Have not you know seen what I mean? that. Oh,
2: <gasps> how dare you not Brett, see a have comic you seen book that? movie? I've seen it, but on just of terrible memory. Ah, so.
0: so Nick, you suck. No one gets your stupid reference. All I right. hate
1: all of you right now. Bees <laughs> will get it. Bees, you saw that movie, right? Yes,
0: I got your reference. Of course Bees saw that movie. Of course. Next thing, let's talk about Martin. I I think he deserves like a little like maybe a thirty second tribute. I don't think we'll find out any more about this character. I think he's pretty much like Toast. I don't know how we would. But I unless, need to give unless props he's
1: again. unless he's a Mauler and you hear about him in passing.
0: That's that was the other thing. There's a, a theory I saw somewhere on the forum that maybe he was a mauler and maybe he'll have a mention or something. But again, I really, really liked the acting for Martin.
1: Yeah, I, I I loved it. It was great. It was the perfect little snippet of a character that is now
0: gone forever. Gone from
1: gone from the story and probably never coming back.
0: I know it's very sad. All right, I have some miscellaneous posts from the forum. okay. Okay. One comes from Undead Sweeper. He says, one thing, can they tell the sex from smell? He said, leave her unless... So, assuming that this pimp-ass zombie didn't see CJ run into the basement, he knew it was a her. Mm -hmm. So, like you were saying, Nick, maybe they track us based off, you know, pheromones, the sweat. Maybe he can tell it's a female through her sweat.
1: Maybe, or if um, he... He did his research enough to know that he had to be let into the building, Mm -hmm. and he did enough research to know that once he got into the building, he had to call his troops immediately. So he may very well have known who CJ was beforehand, but then again, CJ doesn't sound like she's the type of person that left the tower very often, or the other tower very often. So you never know. Um, The possibility that he could smell the difference between a man and a woman Possibly, sure, why not? Sure. They can smell us through walls, so why can't they smell us around corners?
2: Yeah. Well, wasn't she shouting out like, well, um, she was killing the zombies, so they could oh. have just heard her?
0: Oh, she was, yeah, she she was saying, you're not going to get me, or wow. something.
1: Wow, logic yeah. fail.
0: You win, Brett. <laughs> See, <laughs>
2: Normal, normally the simplest thing is just, you know, the right thing. <laughs> I forgot she fail. was screaming. <laughs> I totally forgot she
1: was screaming out saying, come and get me, fuckers. Or whatever yeah. she said. Or whatever right. Okay, said. so that makes it a lot easier to figure out whether or not you're a male or a female.
0: Okay. Yeah, see, this is what we overanalyze things. Sometimes we need a fresh mind with common sense to put us in our place. So yes, thank definitely you, definitely common
1: sense is a nice uh, breath of fresh air around here.
0: Yes. Here's another theory from Adventureless Hero. Since he is using English to communicate to his zombies, I wonder if they can understand all of their victims' pleas and cries of mercy. Martin stated that to commit suicide would, quote, ruin their fun. Are the sick, flesh-biting fucks at the arena getting off on torture? I also would want to know if you would be able to reason to some of the higher levels of thinking in these Zeds. Like, let's say a husband gets turned and his daughter pleads with him for mercy. Would we see that zombie dads struggle with lingering emotions? It certainly gives me a lot to think about.
1: Tommy didn't linger at all.
0: No, he turned around and he left.
1: He turned around and left because he was being shot at.
0: I know, but, I mean, I'm just... Well, you you think that was the reason you don't think... Well, here's the thing. Maybe he turned around and left because he knew what was happening. I mean, it's like in video games, you know, like, when someone gets turned into a zombie, they're like, leave me, and then they don't leave, and then they try to, like, save themselves, and... Yeah. No,
1: no, Uh. no. I don't think so. I Well, I personally don't think so. It could very well be Because the then
0: he, he just jumped up and started running, right? I can't really like, recall that um, he,
1: tur- he turned, Saul- he uh, turned, what was it? Um, the thing with Tommy was he was turning, and someone would please shoot him. He got shot. Mm-hmm. Then he fell to the ground, and then he got back up, and then he ran away. He'd already been shot once, and he had turned on Saul to try and kill him. So if he had any lingering doubts, then you figure that he wouldn't turn on Saul immediately.
0: Yeah, that's true. Good call. Good call, Nick. Whatever. I guess the main point of this whole <laughs> this whole paragraph <laughs> is that, you know, what if they do have a conscious left and they do, you know, they can't understand their victims, but clearly they don't care enough.
1: Yes, uh, which it was is one, one of
0: the unsettling thought. Huh?
1: It was one of the crackpot theories that someone Oh no, it wasn't that. It was someone brought up the idea that uh what if the the the, the premise was mm-hmm. um what what happened to Michael, Saul and Angel for breaking the chain of command and going out and, like, murdering a bunch of civilians if they weren't really sure what was going on, uh-huh. like, right in the beginning. Uh, but if you flip that around and do it sort of, uh, I guess, Walking Dead-esque and, uh Season 1, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying. And then I'm going to stop because it's a spoiler if you haven't watched Walking <laughs> Dead yet.
0: I always like those, when people, you know, it makes no sense to me. It's like, you know, what if there's a cure? We can cure these people. Okay, sure, you're going to cure people that have, like, one arm and, like, missing a jaw. And like have eyeballs hanging out of their face,
1: right? Like the, the the decayed flesh. Yes, I really want to be cured, and then I have leprosy forever. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> Zombie camps, concentration camps. No.
1: Ah, uh, uh, oh, hey. What? Concentration camps for zombies. That's not right. I'm sorry.
0: That was was very, very inappropriate. Just let them roam. (laughs) Okay, we'll just let them roam, sure. All right, another theory that was on the forums was um, from Hardcore. He said, On a small note, it sounded like the other tower's fall was happening in the middle of a rainstorm. The last time I remember it raining in the show was the scene with Michael threatening to kick Kelly out of the tower in Chapter 4, so maybe that establishes a timeline for when all this was going down. Arthur responded with careful with that linking of the rainstorms. The one at our tower occurred before Kalani got to the other tower. Bert, Saul, and Lizzie found the convoy that got hit. It was one hell of a firefight and around 20 people. Kalani tells Michael and Angel that they lost a convoy 15 to 20 people before they got there. I find it more likely that it rained on multiple days than a time sink.
1: Yeah, I think uh, didn't Casey respond to that saying that uh, the the rainfalls didn't necessarily line up?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, I didn't think but so, I, but
1: yeah, I was I was all with hardcore on that, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." I never, I did not make that connection, or I made the connection, that I didn't comment on it because uh, mm-hmm. I got so wrapped up in other things. Uh, and that's what I thought would immediately mm-hmm. happen. And Casey threw his wrench in the works because that's what Casey does.
0: Okay, here's another theory from Simon R. Do zombies have a sense of self-preservation? When CJ is cornered, she takes a few of them down and they stop advancing on her. Now it's perfectly possible that there was some nonverbal communication from a smart one, but given the verbal command that came later, I'm not sure about that. So either the regular zombie made a value judgment that their life was more important than a well-defended person, I'm not sure they knew she was alone, or a smart one made a similar value judgment on their behalf. There are interesting implications of both scenarios. Could it mean that a regular zombie wouldn't follow an order blindly if they perceived it contrary to their best interest, Or why does a smart one care if a few of their less cranially endowed colleagues get slaughtered?
2: I was just going to say the zombies are kind of like, you know, animals that would just follow their ma- masters just blindly. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So I don't think they'd really have any conscious decision to, you know, they may see their Friend, you know, other people get killed and go, yeah, maybe this is not the best idea.
0: <laughs> maybe this isn't a good idea. Or maybe they're like the geth and Mass Effect when they're just one of them, they're really, really dumb, but when there's like a whole group of them then they operate really well and they get smarter.
2: You, you have, have a to cr- bring in a Mass Effect the- reference.
0: You like that? Thank you.
1: It's the crowd <laughs> mentality. Crowds are stupid, but people are smart. What? The, the crowd mentality, have you ever heard of the idea that uh, a group of people, like people that are rioting, are really dumb and they'll do like just massive group-oriented things that are detrimental to their own personal well-being? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus a person who is really smart and will not do th- stupid things, oh, per se. Oh, okay. Like that sort of thing. So that's sort of the same mentality with a group of zombies doing stupid things, like rushing at someone that's shooting at them, versus a smart one which will dive over top of a desk in the lobby of the tower to save himself because he's being shot at.
0: Oh, so it's the opposite of my geth theory. But I see what you're saying. We're cool. Yeah,
1: that's that sort of thing. Gotcha. And by the way, I want to have cranally endowed tattooed onto my back. Just right <laughs> just like right down my spine, cranally endowed with an arrow pointing <laughs> up.
0: Good God. Huh, actually, I kind of like that. It has a good ring to it, cranally endowed. Anyway.
1: I, I love it. I thought that was one of the greatest things I read all week.
0: Oh, there you go. Um. Let's see, Arthur also brought up a point on the forum, and he said, the rescue party is not the other tower. Could it be the Maulers? And Casey responded and said, nope, Samantha saw them and could recognize some of them, but that didn't matter. They all died anyway. If you think about it, the arena scene contains nothing but dead people, except for Datu. Okay. Yep. We have another theory from Todd. He says, I'm wondering, could all this just be a giant chess game to suited baddie? By this, I don't mean a game of zombies versus humans, rather humans versus humans. Picking off all the dead weight until the city is left with only a few remaining humans he deems worthy of the game. Once all the pieces are in place, let them have at each other. Then you only have the remaining to contend with or play with.
1: That's a very sinister take on it. I'm not sure... I mean, that, that's sort of, like, next-level analysis mm-hmm. of the thing. Um, because if you start...
2: It's it, just a very creepy idea.
1: Oh, it's definitely very creepy, don't get me wrong. Um, but at that point, you're starting to, to eliminate your food chain. So you don't want to... Again, you, if he's smart enough to organize himself and start his own little, you know, pinstripe cult in the arena, providing that is who that is, um, he's eliminating his food chain rapidly by doing that. So,
0: uh, bite me, see. all of you. You do you say you hate all of us?
1: No, I said bite me.
0: Whatever. I'm just gonna pretend like you cut out again, I didn't hear you. All right. Bitch. So um <laughs> on zombiepodcast.com slash forum, every week, thanks to Nick, we have um a forum up for the next episode of We're Not Dead. So before twenty seven three even released, Nick made, you know, We're not dead episode thirty one. And where people can kind of leave comments and write about what they want us to discuss. And I'm going through some of these, and I think we pretty much touched base on a lot of them just through the general discussion.
1: Uh, new, uh, new, The Tiege one about the, Kalani being dead.
0: Yeah, that's the one I was going to bring up. Um, okay. I have a one. I have a one. Wow. Grammar fail. I have one here from Tiege. He says, So in the last we're not dead, you all seem very convinced that Kalani is dead. And the general consensus, at least what I picked up, seems to be at the end of chapter 24, at 52 minutes, the dead person found was Angel, and that Kalani is in fact dead. But if you ask me, the sound effects that the debris the maulers are walking on while inspecting and getting said person sound remarkably similar to the ones in 26-1 at about fourteen twenty-five, when Saul and Victor are inspecting the chopper remains. This would lead me to believe that Kalani was actually the person found, which would make Scratch's line of, I found what I was looking for, make much more sense. Meaning that, Britt, you will not have to be too troubled if Hannah is in fact still alive. Assuming, of course, all my thoughts pan out. Well, that's my two cents. Do with them what you will.
1: I'm going to buy penny candy with them.
0: Are you really? That's adorable. Isn't it cute? It is. Um. Wow. So sure I mean I'd be very very happy if Kalani were alive but um what I'm thinking oh he took the rest of his pills in the arena never mind I was going to throw out this crapshoot prediction that he still like held on to all those pills and like right before he suicided he like took all of them and then that would be like awesome I guess no that would not be awesome anyway I, I mean I don't know what do you guys think what do you think Brett do you think Kalani is still alive
2: Nah, I, I think this kind of story has kind of come to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, especially
0: when you blow your helicopter into a tanker, but...
2: Well, I think his kind of story arc is kind of, you know, he's finished. it's finished. Yeah, I think he's, he's he's done for, basically. I don't think there's really much more to tell with Kalani, and no one really likes him.
0: Not true! <gasps> don't say that! You really... Okay, question for you. So, you're really not too keen on Kalani, even after what you found out, what his possible motivations are?
2: No, nah, I, I think it's alright. It's kind of nice, because he's a fellow fat man, so it's like nice, there's at least one fat man who survived the zombie apocalypse. <laughs>
0: fellow fat man? <laughs>
2: there's at least one, so I got some hope that I would survive. So.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's so funny.
1: Uh, as a fellow fat man myself, I would have to say that I think Casey responded to this idea, and I think he said, you know, take with it what you will, but there was a helicopter flying at speed into the ground into a tanker full of fuel, and it caught fire. So,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, not going to happen. However, we can dream.
2: It's, it's going to be an Indiana Jones in the fridge. Yes.
0: Okay, guys. Well, hey, that's all I have for theories and or story discussion. If you have anything else you want to add, please feel free to do so now.
1: In terms of the story and stuff, no. I just have some general... Um... Uh, the, the forum-y stuff to talk about.
0: Okay. Brett, do you have anything else you want to say about the story and or characters and or anything?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. There's not really m- much else to yeah. say that we haven't covered.
0: We beat the juice out of this shit. Um, the oh. next thing... Oh. You're like... What? Dude, you
1: what? know what we haven't done in a while? What? We haven't touched on my predictions, which was half the reason you wanted me on here in the first place.
0: Oh, I forgot about your damn predictions. Okay.
1: Okay, we don't have to do them if they're just my damn predictions.
0: <laughs> don't get butt hurt. Okay, let me run through this last... Actually, do you have your predictions with you right now? I do. All right, go for it, dude. Uh,
1: again, once again, I put the, we discover the fates of Burton Angel, which I'm now retiring because I'm sick of putting it in there because it's a cop-out. I said no chance we're going to ha- uh, get that information, and uh, no, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalani will be made to look like the rat, which I said was 85% chance going to happen, and I I will take the poll. Do you think he looks like the rat right now? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to win that one myself as well. <laughs> uh, Chinway is revealed to be CJ. I said that was going to happen. It did really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one was Michael gets interrogated about the helicopter, which I said was going to happen, and then it didn't. And then this was my unfinished symphony because I ended up in the you know hospital with a wife in labor and whatnot. So I never finished it mm-hmm. or finished publishing it. So uh, that's that. So really quick and dirty, this go around.
0: Nice. So do you have predictions for next chapter yet or not?
1: I am going to go and say that um, uh, the Kalani backstory is going to be interrupted, mm-hmm. as I said earlier. So that's going to be one of the predictions, is that Kalani gets inter- uh, the Kalani story gets interrupted by someone at Fort Irwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because CJ is out of it. Um, I'm going to also say that uh, Victor is going to slip up and mention that he knows Sean. Oh. And that that's going to cause a little whatever with CJ. because like, what,
0: what do you classify as Whatever.
1: Uh, it's going to get... She's going to be get a little more emotional because we have guessed that CJ and Sean were involved in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Uh, so he's going to say, I know, you know, I knew Sean or something. He's going to accidentally slip up about mentioning Sean. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be... Uh, that'll, that'll be about in the 50% area. I'm not quite confident on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to bring back the Michael gets interrogated about the helicopter okay. prediction. Because if he's going to get interrupted, I think that's going to be the reason why it gets interrupted. So mm-hmm. there's that, and that might hedge my bets a couple of Kalani theories, and maybe we do go back, and maybe I'm wrong. So maybe I'll throw a Kalani theory in there too.
0: I have to say I agree with your predictions.
1: Oh my god, I have to change them all now.
0: I know you do, and then I'll claim them for damn it. mine. Sweet. Crap. <laughs> all right. So, and are you still going to post these to the forum?
1: I will have them posted to the forum. It'll be in the Voodoo Lounge blog, uh, hopefully on Monday if I get a chance to write them this weekend.
0: So go to zombiepodcast.com slash foreign kids and tell Nick how stupid he is. But then I guess in turn you tell me that I'm stupid too, because I just said I agreed with his theories.
1: Ooh, that might soften the blow of the criticism this week.
0: There you go. All right. Um, besides that, I have some exciting news from the We Are Life crew. So, last week we said that they were nominated for an Audi in New York. And they were holding an eBay fundraiser and taking donations to try to get themselves to go. Because tickets were $400 a pop and they were not covered. And... I have a message from Grayson, producer of We're Alive. He says, To all the fans of We're Alive, the zombie story of survival, you guys are beyond absolutely awesome. Because of your donations and the the prices the auctions went to, Casey, Blair, and I are able to make it to the Audis Awards show in New York. You all deserve an award yourself. So that's really exciting.
1: Um, Yes, and we're planning right now. uh, The award show is June Oh, hell, I don't remember. And I refuse to touch my computer since we've obviously all know that uh, I'm having computer problems again today. <laughs> um, the Monday before the award show, it's like the first Monday in June, mm-hmm. uh, we are looking to do a get-together at Dave & Buster's in Times Square, which hurts my soul so much to know that I'm going to be doing an activity in Times Square. <laughs> it hurts so bad to know that I'm doing something in Times Square Aww. and not just bowling through it and knocking over tourists. Aww. Um so we're going to try and uh, get an event going at Dave & Buster's. Look on the forum uh, in top news to to sort of, air quotes, sign up for it so I have a sense of how many people are coming, so I know how many people to tell Dave & Buster's might be coming. Mm-hmm. So Sweet. that'll be posted uh, probably in the next couple days. So go to com slash forum and look in the top news section for Dave & Buster's We're Alive get-together.
0: Right. It'll be fun times. These little We're Alive get-togethers are a lot of fun, so you should totally go. Totes totes all right dudes well that's all i got and that's all you have we can wrap this thing up
1: do i have to think of a thousand ways to say goodbye as well
0: um i won't put that pressure on you right now oh thank god you're welcome all right so i guess that's it huh so you can follow more of my antics at blunder.com you can find nick voodoo at the voodoo lounge on zombiepodcast.com slash forum and you are at nick voodoo right on twitter that is correct n-i-k no c okay N-I-K-V-O-O-D-O-O. Brett. Brett, where can we find you, buddy? Where are you on this thing called the interwebs?
2: Uh, you could follow me at, at Bodachi, which is pretty much what I use for almost everything.
0: So I like that word. I have to say Bodachi. Like, where'd it come from? What is it?
2: Uh, It's just completely made up off the top of my head. Dude, you should uh, trademark that. I should, so no one steals it. Mm-hmm. Or something. There's like <laughs> one time I've, on eBay, it's like someone's already got it. I'm like, hey, you bastard. <laughs>
0: This you should it. get on
1: that quick before Bees puts this together and uh, and it's published.
0: Yeah. It's going to be stolen, man. It's brilliant. All right, guys. So thanks for listening to We're Not Dead, and we will see you. We're trying to get an actor interview together next week. So look what? for that. And other than that, we'll see you in two weeks for episode 32. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Skunkin'. <laughs>